Streaming has gotten way too complicated, but you can hack the system with Prime Video. It has everything in one app with one password. See Roadhouse, Giannis, The Marvelous Journey, and the National Women's Soccer League, all included with Prime. Plus, you can buy Premier Boxing or stream the NHL and NBA playoffs on Max with the Bleacher Report Sports add-on or add Paramount Plus for the Masters on CBS. Prime Video. It's all your favorite content in one place. Restrictions apply. Prime membership required for add-on subscriptions. See Amazon.com slash Amazon Prime for details. Thank you for traveling with Amex Platinum. To your right, you'll see Oceanside Relaxation at a fine hotel and resort property. When booked through Amex Travel, you can enjoy complimentary breakfast for 2 and 4 p.m. late checkout. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. This episode brought to you by 20th Century Studios' Kingdom of the Planet of the Apes. Director Wes Ball breathes new life into the epic franchise. As a ruthless king attempts to build his empire at the expense of the remaining human race, a young ape begins a journey to fight for a future for apes and humans alike. Kingdom of the Planet of the Apes. Enter the kingdom in IMAX, now playing, and theaters everywhere. Get tickets now. Thanks for listening to the Herd Podcast. Be sure to catch us live every weekday on Fox Sports Radio at noon to 3 Eastern, 9 a.m. to noon Pacific. Find your local station for the herd at foxsportsradio.com or stream us live every day on the iHeartRadio app by searching Fox Sports Radio or FSR. Now let's get this party started. You're listening to Fox Sports Radio. What up? Welcome in. This is the herd, wherever you may be and however you may be making us part of your day. Thanks so much. I'm Doug Gottlieb. In for Colin Coward. It's a Tuesday. It's week one of college football. It is cut-down day in the National Football League. I told you last Friday, and I meant it, you made it. It may not feel like it. Um, That heat wave that was in the Midwest is now moving its way east, but another heat wave that's on the West Coast is going to move its way to the Midwest over the weekend. Uh, and into next week. So it may not feel like it in all parts of the country, but believe it or not, you have in fact made it through the dog days of summer and football is here. Um, And it's really interesting to me. I, I don't know if it's as interesting to you, but I think it is, is we are in a space where college football is in a transition year, right? Transition year. Next year, the Big Ten expands, UCLA and USC. This year, the Big 12 expands, but then next year, the SEC expands, and Texas and Oklahoma will join the league. And, of course, then the Big 12 will welcome in the remnants of most of the Pac-12. And we're a year away from the college football playoff expanding as well. So most of the former system, which really wasn't isn't that old, is still kind of around. But we're in this era now where you have um, the transfer portal and NIL. And it's really interesting that NIL, um, name, image, and likeness, and the ability for players to capitalize on their name, image, and likeness, has gone the route of pay-for-play. And no one would dispute otherwise. And yet, I find it to be fascinating, something that Jim Harbaugh had to say yesterday, which, of course, only feeds the monster of more, 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 more. 
We'll get to that in a moment. Uh, Bucky Brooks is going to join us upcoming in 15 minutes. I'll ask him, have you guys seen what the Arizona Cardinals are likely to throw out there? I mean, it, it does feel like, uh, if you remember when the Boston Celtics were were tanking um, not so long ago, like you think back to teams that were tanking. The Astros, I think it was 2013. Is that right, Greg Tui? Like 2013 Astros, they were yep. just marvelously tanking. You look at some of those rosters, and you're like, that's what the Cardinals are doing. That's what the Cardinals are doing. Because there's no way you can have a Colt McCoy bring in a Josh Dobbs like a week before your or a week and a half before you're gonna kick off your season and say that's our guy and oh yeah, by the way, we're trying to win football games. Uh, but what should the play be if it, it works and they can draft Caleb Williams? Well that's Bucky Brooks, he'll join us upcoming in fifteen minutes. Jake Butt's gonna join us um, in about an hour. Of course, Jake was a star tight end. At Michigan, then a bunch of knee injuries derailed his NFL career. And we'll start to ask the question about the Rams. Bill Belichick's asked some questions about the Rams. But one of the Rams' draft picks uh, was curious at the time and appears to be a terrible pick. But maybe more interesting is the idea of going for it, of pushing your chips all in where so many have said, hey, it's worth it because the Rams won a Super Bowl, is it? But let's start with uh, Jim Harbaugh. Harbaugh, as many of you know, is suspended for the first three games of the season. It was a four-game suspension. Now, then that suspension got wiped off. Now it's a three-game suspension. And Michigan is a program that likes to report itself as doing it the right way, right? Being about a combination of football and academics, and they've been, over the past couple of years, frankly, a dominant team in the Big Ten. They finally cracked the Ohio State code so much so that you do have at least the beginnings of a, hey, um, are we sure Ryan Day's the guy? Right? Nothing speaks more highly of Jim Harbaugh's kind of uh, professional turnaround than the fact that Ryan Day is not on the hot seat, but he's not as secure as one would think he should be considering his overall success because recently hasn't been successful against the team from the North. But Harbaugh went on an interesting rant yesterday. Why don't you take a listen? We have to try to make it work. And we do. We have to try to make it work. We have to try to make it better. And right now, the current status quo is unacceptable and won't survive. In my opinion, we capitalize on the talent who should pay the talent for their contributions to the bottom line. I'm calling for a system that is fair, equitable, and benefits all involved. Don't exclude the student-athletes from the profits. You can't say you're about diversity, equity, and inclusion if you aren't willing to include the student-athletes in revenue sharing. Uh, that sound, It sounds like a political speech, doesn't it? And it sounds like he's grandstanding to the social media audience that at many times has vilified him throughout his career. And I do think that that the reason, whether it's initially or long term, that Harbaugh wanted and likes this job is not about the ego. It's not about the, hey, being a head coach in college football is about the head coach and not about everybody else. 
I think it's because he comes from a coaching family tree. It is coaching your alma mater. You do want to help young men achieve success that they maybe didn't think possible or it wasn't possible based upon how or where they were brought up. All of those things are great. But what is he even talking about? He wants a system which is equitable. I think most people in college sports would agree. He wants, But he wants players to be compensated. They are. <laughs> if anything, the reality of the current system is the imbalance has actually worked the other way. Right? The other way. It's worked the other way. It's worked to where players have way too much power. Make money far above their actual name, image, and likeness value. And there's no real connection or tie to the university which is the real reason, the real reason that the schools are being compensated handsomely um, for broadcasting football games. There's no easier parallel than to say, hey, let's take the, there's what, the USFL and the XFL, right? USFL, those are the two minor leagues. And my guess is that um, those teams would wipe the field with college football teams. Wipe the field with them. Why? Because they're grown men. They're professionals. Um, and you're like, no, they wouldn't. Yeah, they would. They would. This is much like the G League as opposed to college basketball. G League teams are way better than college basketball teams. What's more valuable to broadcast? Well, the colleges. Why? The name on the front of their shirt. The connection to the fans. I mean, that's just reality to it. But, uh, and look, I'll be totally honest. If you heard me on radio, I've been doing national sports radio for 20 years. I was somebody who was against the idea of compensating somebody for their name, image, and likeness because of what it's become, which is just buying players. That was an odd one. It was, I've always wondered if Jim Harbaugh was connected with the reality of what he does. And now I wonder even more so. Yes, college sports makes a lot of money. Colleges make a lot of money. We do realize that, right? Um, I'm actually broadcasting from my alma mater, Oklahoma State University. Colleges make a lot of money on all their students. But in, that's in terms of revenue. Now, profits, that, that's different. And most of the profits or most of the revenue that they generate, even in college sports, is actually spoken for. It is. But what he's proposing which, by the way, lacks any sort of detail or likelihood of being executed, which is why it sounds like politics. You know? That's why it sounds like politics. It's, it's throwing out a pie in the sky like, hey, what if we, you know, and we do this all the time. I mean, you hear it in the debates. Why don't we pull the funding to fighting Ukraine? Well, part of the reason that we fund Ukraine is not just out of altruism and trying to help stop the spread of uh, Russia, but also because all of those weapons are well made here in the United States and it helps stimulate our economy, right? That's like the reality to it. You're going to cut off that funding and cut off a lot of jobs. <laughs> Oops. So I, I think the reality of the execution to that is, does he really want to get to the point of true professionalism? of college athletics. Now, 
there could be some good parts to it, right? It could actually tie players to the school. Because the biggest issue in college athletics now is not athletes being compensated. It's not. Ask anybody. That is not an issue. Even to the athletes themselves. And oh yeah, by the way, if you think it's, well, you know, if we give them a little more, this has always been my argument. No matter how much you could have, previous to the NIL system, said you break off for a college athlete, they're going to want more. That's human nature. That's capitalism. That's the monster that we constantly feed. But if you actually walk around a college campus, you actually talk to college football coaches or administrators, I don't think any of them would say, hey, the issue here is players need to get paid. No, the, the biggest issue is like, well, how do you keep guys at one school? How do you actually coach them? Because the current system allows for you to, at the first sight of trouble, hey, I'm not playing as much as I want, we're not winning as much, or I'm not getting paid as much as I want, just up and leave and go to a different, different place. Which, it's like sugar, maybe even cocaine, where in the short term, it's a short-term fix, but long-term, if you go to multiple schools, you do not have a true alma mater. And football, more so than any other sport, that sucker, that runs out really, really quickly. And then what? And then what? But if you really want to professionalize it, do we realize what that means? Like, college athletics operates basically in a tax shelter. Yes, players are going to have to pay taxes on the NIL money that they get, but they don't have to pay taxes on the benefits that they get. And those benefits, not just travel, right? Uh, not training, training table, you know, room, dorm, all this stuff, all the scholarship. Like, those are tax-free benefits. Do we want to tax those? Do, do we want college athletes to first form a union, then collectively bargained? And oh yeah, by the way, you, you do know what's going to happen. College athletic department's like, sure, you can have a piece of the profits. And then, just like if you see their bottom line now, there's not a lot of profits. <laughs> like, if we want to turn into college, college athletics into professional athletics, I give you, like, is that why people will watch? They don't watch because the sport is better than the than than minor league professional sports. Minor league basketball, for example, is way better in terms of talent and gameplay and shot making than college basketball. Why? It's because the college feels. And Jim Harbaugh is dismissing all that, which is simply grandstanding, and frankly, either obtuse to or comically disconnected from the fact that compensating the players is no longer a problem. It's how do you keep from the opposing team recruiting off of your sideline? How do you retain your players so that the people who sit down in those stadiums or in front of their TV to watch the games, how do they know who they're watching? It's not College sports is not like professional sports, even now. Because in professional sports, you sign a contract, you got to stick with that team through that contract. Here, it's they actually established four-year scholarships like a decade or more ago. But guys are gone after one year, sometimes not even that long. I just be careful what you wish for. You are, in fact, going to get it. And though 
athletes are now compensated for the name, image, and likeness. I don't believe there's a soul who, if not in front of a TV camera or on social media, who actually works in college athletics would tell you that we're in a better place now than we were previous to this. It was, trust me, it was a weird comment that seems completely disconnected from reality, which makes it seem like it's some political stump speech, knowing it's never going to come to fruition, and meaning, hey, he just wants to be a man of the people. I'm just about the kid. I just want to fight for you. And when that TV camera's off, he sits there and rolls his eyes and goes, are you kidding? We get guys to commit to us in the fall and in the spring. They hit us up because they want twice the money that they were promised by the collective. That's the reality of the sport in which he works in. All right, coming up next, I'm Doug Gottlieb in for Colin Cowherd. Will Caleb Williams be wearing a Cardinals jersey next year? I'm going to ask Bucky Brooks if Arizona is all in for the big T word. Be sure to catch live editions of The Herd weekdays at noon Eastern, 9 a.m. Pacific on Fox Sports Radio, FS1, and the iHeartRadio app. This is it. We've got an Amex Platinum Pro on our hands, ladies and gentlemen. We haven't seen anyone relax like this before in the Centurion Lounge. Is he connecting to complimentary Wi-Fi? Oh, my. Look at that. He is. And you will not believe where he's going next. The Amex dedicated card member entrance for the win. Unbelievable. When you get travel perks with Amex Platinum, you're part of the action. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. Hi, it's the Herd. The NBA playoffs are heating up, and so is the action at DraftKings Sportsbook an official sports betting partner of the NBA. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now. It's easy, 90 seconds. Use the code HERD, H-E-R-D. That's code HERD for new customers to get 150 in bonus bets when you bet just five bucks. Only on DraftKings, the crown is yours. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER or in West Virginia, visit www.1800gambler.net. In New York, call 877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY-467-369. In Connecticut, help is available for problem gambling. Call 888-789-7777 or visit ccpg.org. Please play responsibly. On behalf of Boot Hill Casino and Resort in Kansas, 21 plus, age varies by jurisdiction, void in Ontario. Bonus bets expire 168 hours after issuance. See dkng.co slash for eligibility and deposit restrictions, terms, and responsible gaming resources. This episode brought to you by 20th Century Studios' Kingdom of the Planet of the Apes. Director Wes Ball breathes new life into the epic franchise set several generations after the last installment in which apes are the dominant species. As a ruthless king attempts to build his empire at the expense of the remaining human race, a young ape will fight for the future of apes and humans alike and embark on a journey that will redefine the planet. Kingdom of the Planet of the Apes. Enter the kingdom in IMAX, now playing, and in theaters everywhere. Get tickets now. Doug Gottlieb for Collins. I heard Fox Sports Radio, iHeartRadio app. How do you own the day in sports? You make incredible plays. But how do the rest of us own the day? With Irish Spring, when the spring hits you, you're ready to own the day. Look for Irish Spring at your local retailer today. Bucky Brooks, of course, uh, Play in the NFL, covers the NFL, part of the Move the Sticks podcast. He and Dan and Jeremiah, it's, it's about as good as, as anything you're going to download and listen to. And, of course, coaches the game as well. He just knows it like the back of his hand. Kind of to spend some time with us here on a Tuesday in the herd. Uh, Bucky, uh, help me out here. I'm looking at what the Arizona Cardinals 
are thrown out there. And, boy, that, that does not feel like a competitive team. Um, what do you think the plan is in terms of tanking? And, and I ask because, obviously, it's, it doesn't feel like trying to win. First-year coach, first-year GM, load up. But would it be to draft Caleb Williams and then get rid of Kyler Murray? Or would it be to keep Kyler Murray and trade that pick because of its value? Well, I, th- I think a couple of things could be at play. Uh, the number one thing that most coaches and new GMs do is they try and reset and establish a new culture within the program. And so maybe the mass exodus of players that we're seeing is Jonathan Gannon and Monty Osterford trying to get their guys, their kind of guys on the team, regardless of record. Let's make sure we get the kind of guys that we want in the locker room, guys that love football, guys that love whatever the criteria is for that. The second part of it could be that, you know, hey, let's look ahead to the draft, and we won't say that we're tanking, but if we do finish with the top overall pick, what would our, our, our course of action be? Will we take Caleb Williams over Kyler Murray? Is Kyler Murray the kind of guy that we want to build our franchise around? I think they're still probably in the exploratory phase when it comes to that, but, but it's really about making sure they have the right people in the building, and then they'll figure out how to build the team from that point. Fair enough. Uh Trey Lance, what's the likelihood that he has any impact with the Cowboys? Uh, I mean, look, man, this is a low-risk, high-return investment if you're the Dallas Cowboys. See, because when Trey Lance comes to the Cowboys, he doesn't come with all that fanfare and expectation that he came arrived at San Francisco with. He's now a guy that has been traded, and he has to kind of earn his way. But for the Cowboys and Mike McCarthy, man, this is a great development experiment. You know, normally when someone is a top five pick, really when it's a first-round pick, they always get multiple bites at the apple. Because when you're drafted in the first round, there are enough people around the league that thought you had high-level talent. So now you get him in the program, you bring him in, you see what he looks like, you see what he could be, you develop him, and then you see. If he turns to be something, you now develop a player at a position that is a marquee position, that is a huge bargain, I mean a trade check. If he develops into something even beyond that, well, maybe if something goes awry with Dak Prescott after 2024, maybe you have a succession plan in place. So to me, this is the Cowboys doing their due diligence. And even though on the surface it may cost them five, six million dollars for a quarterback, that's chump change. And so it's worth kicking the tires on Trey Lance to see if he can develop into the player that some people thought he could become when he entered the league. Why hasn't he become that player that people wanted him to become? Well, I'll say a few different things, maybe cloudy. Um, sometimes in the scouting world, we can kind of get excited about the potential and don't look at the major factors. So the major factors when it came to Trey Lance is Trey Lance played at a smaller school. North Dakota State, good football, played well, but it's still different than playing at a top five, power five school. He was also a one-year wonder. Played one year, then it was the COVID year. So he doesn't have a lot of experience when it comes to snaps. The other thing, he goes to San Francisco, didn't play that final year, so you talk about knocking the rust off, doesn't have live game reps and experience. And when you look at it, he was like a, what, 15, 16-game starter? Brock Purdy, uh, on the other hand, had 47 starts under his belt at Iowa State. And I don't care what anybody says, experience brings a level of expertise. Bill Parcells, going way back, had these rules where he wanted guys that were three-year starters, guys that had at least 
30 starts, 23 wins, completion percentage over 60, two-to-one touchdown to interception ratio because when you do those kinds of things at college, more than likely you're going to be ready for the pro game. Brock Purdy checked off all those boxes. Most recently, DTR, George Thompson Robinson from the Cleveland Browns, checked all those boxes. So when you look at them in the preseason, the game is slower. They get it. It doesn't always translate to success, but experience matters at the collegiate level. That's the voice of Bucky Brooks. He joins us now. Uh, I'm Doug Gottlieb in for Collins. The Herd here on Fox Sports Radio and the iHeartRadio app. Um, what is the likelihood in your mind of success for the New York Jets? Not just considering, you know, culturally they haven't won, but they also have, at least to this point, some issues with that offensive line. I mean, they have some issues, but here's what I would say why they have a chance. Aaron Rodgers has fully embraced being a leader in New York. The things that he's done in New York, he didn't do his last couple of years in Green Bay. The way he's ingratiated himself to his teammates, the way that he has made uh, a point to talk to other members within the team and to show them. Seeing him out and about with Sauce Garden and some of the younger guys, that's important because camaraderie and chemistry are everything when it comes to being able to win. The way that he's taken over as a mentor to Zach Wilson, that's huge. So to me, regardless of what it looks like up front, Aaron Rodgers is fully invested in this team winning. And they're going to benefit from that championship-level experience that he brings. So I expect them to be a very competitive team. I would expect them to win 10 or more games. Even if he doesn't play like the four-time MVP, his knowledge is going to help them play at a higher level. Much like Tom Brady helped the Buccaneers play at a higher level because he kind of has seen it and they, they respect him. Aaron Rodgers has their ear. And so because of that power, He's using it the right way. That right way can turn out to produce terrific results. Well, Dalvin Cook says they're Super Bowl contenders. Do you agree? Uh, potentially. I think they got to play better defense in terms of not just by the yards. they got to be able to turn the ball over. We will see how good this defense is this year because if Aaron Rodgers gives them a lead, can that defense close it out? And we'll also have an opportunity to see how good of a head coach Robert Sala is. Robert Sala now has to take his game up and be able to manage the game by connecting the three phases, offense, defense, special teams. If he grows his game as a coach and the defense plays well, yeah, the Jets can be in that conversation. Um, Bill Belichick came out and said that uh, uh, he said cap, uh, cap spending is more important than cash spending. It, it did feel like you know, he talked basically about the Rams and how they went for it and look what's happened since. Uh, they've always been conservative in New England, and it's been playing the long game. And up until recently, and even you go back like two years ago, they did make the playoffs. So over the last 25 years, they made the playoffs all but a couple of years, but haven't seen the success since Tom Brady. What, what do you think of Belichick and his remarks in regards specifically directed at the Rams? Uh, there's something to that. Um, you know, there are two ways to build your team. It's kind of like in baseball when the Atlanta Braves used to win all those division titles, but then the, the Florida Marlins, now the Miami Marlins, would go, they would win a, a World Series, then go dormant for like 10 years, then win another one. Which franchise would you rather be? For me, I would like to be like the Patriots where I'm always in the conversation. But this, when I look at the Patriots, really reminds me a lot of like Greg Popovich with the San Antonio Spurs. Greg Popovich is a great coach, much like Bill Belichick, but it still takes having those players and the players in the right spots to be able to win. When they lost Tom Brady, I think he maybe 
underestimated the impact of losing the GOAT in terms of not the ability, but all the other stuff that having a player that buys into the coaching allows you to do with the team. Because Tom Brady would submit to the coaching that Belichick would do, everybody else had to fall in line. Now they're trying to find their way and find who's that leader that everyone can say, hey, well, if he buys in, I absolutely can buy in. That's where they're at. This team is going to be good because he does a great job of scheming and finding a way. It's just a matter of do they have enough talent to compete with some of the heavyweights in the AFC. Why do you think the Rams spent the draft equity they did on Stetson Bennett, lowest-rated quarterback in the preseason uh, via Pro Football Focus? Uh, sometimes you can fall in love with the guy because of the competitiveness, maybe reminds you of himself. Like Sean McVay may have saw a little bit of himself in Stetson Bennett, a gritty uh, underdog that's overachieved and done those things. He played a lot of football and that stuff. I will say this, though. A bad preseason doesn't mean that he won't be able to play. The NFL different is, is different than the college game. And sometimes it takes uh, playing games and getting that experience and learning what the speed is like before you're ready. So I wouldn't give up on him, even though it is a little alarming that he played as poorly as he played in the preseason. Uh, you know, we're, we're looking at the Jets because they add Aaron Rodgers. Obviously, we feel like the Chiefs will be there. Um, does feel like the Bills because of quarterback play. Where are you on Jacksonville? I mean, obviously, Jacksonville, you feel like you should lose any game you're down 27 nothing in the playoffs. But they were really competitive with the Chiefs. They've drafted highly and well for a long time. And they, Trevor Lawrence seemed to start figuring it out with a more legitimate coaching staff last year. Where are you in the Jags? Uh, now, I'm a homer because I do the sideline broadcast for the Jags during the regular season. And I just did their preseason TV games. I'm all in on the Jags. The reason why I'm in on the Jags is because offensively, they're as good as any team in football on offense. Uh, you look at their wide receiver court, Calvin Ridley gives them a true elite number one receiver. Uh, if he plays up to potential in the way that these look throughout training camp, you can put him in the conversation with Devontae Adams and Justin Jefferson in terms of how he gets open, how he can impact the game. That sets the order for the rest of the wide receiver court because now they can play their more comfortable roles. Christian Kirk, Evan Ingram, Zay Jones, they can be the complementary pieces in the passing game. Travis Etienne is a solid running back. They added a guy in Tank Bigsby. But the big reason why you build some of the Jacks, Trevor Lawrence can go from good to great in the second year under Doug Peterson. More command, more confidence, more decisiveness leads to maybe better play. This is a team that wants to try and hit 30 points a game. If they get to that point, that puts them in the conversation of being maybe the top-scoring offense in football. If you're putting up points like that, you have an opportunity to win a lot of games in today's NFL. Uh, the, the podcast is called Move the Sticks. He's part of it. He's the one and only Bucky Brooks. He joins us in the herd. Bucky, thanks so much for joining us. We really appreciate it. Hey, man, I appreciate you, Doug. Uh, Bucky Brooks, NFL Network, Fox Sports Radio. You hear him on weekends as well. Uh, catch him Saturdays on Fox Sports Radio with Steve Hartman. Let's get to Ryan Music with the news. No, 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 no. Turn on the news. This is the Herdline News. All right, Doug. Good morning to you. Good to be here with you. Let's continue the NFL discussions that you and Bucky were just having with our first story here. One of the most fascinating teams in the NFL this season is the Broncos under new head coach Sean Payton. Peter King of NBC Sports talked with Peyton about his quarterback Russell Wilson and what we can expect from him after a rough first season in Denver. Here's what Peyton had to say, quote, he's going to be a lot closer to those 2021 numbers than he was to the 2022 numbers. 
the arm talent and the throws down the field. He's always had a really good deep ball, but I do think he's moving a lot better, and you know there's something powerful about a guy with a chip on his shoulder. I love it. I mean, I love the idea of of Russell Wilson having a chip on his shoulder. He's gotten into better shape. I mean, I just, I do think the question is, does he have it anymore? Now, everything I've read, everyone I've talked to said it's gotten progressively better in Denver as the preseason's gone on, but they too have issues in the offensive line. And then you, you wonder, like, we all give Sean Payton credit for what he was able to do with Drew Brees. Uh, Brees comes over, becomes a Hall of Famer after the arm injury, but Bree's very different in how he plays from the pocket as opposed to Russell Wilson. So that'll be an adjustment. And you know, the division's no joke. And he's down two wide receivers right now. So there's a lot of questions in Denver. But I do love the idea that like the, the, old, the wounded tiger is more dangerous than the healthy tiger. Yeah, it should be very interesting to see how this turns out. Because it feels like it's very much an inflection point of Russell Wilson's career to where it's either going to be okay here he is he's bounced back that we'll just write that off as a disastrous Nathaniel Hackett era in Denver or there's going to be major major questions about what the rest of his NFL career is going to look like if he struggles under Sean Payton also of note uh, Peter King reporting that Wilson has lost somewhere between 10 to 15 pounds so a more slimmed down version Uh, part of the idea in his first season in Denver was Russell Wilson bulked up a little bit to be able to deal with the hits he was expecting to take. We'll transition to our second story here. We'll call it news, but not so surprising. The Associated Press has released their poll, and it has named Patrick Mahomes as the top quarterback in the NFL and Andy Reid as the top head coach in the league prior to the 2023 season officially kicking off. Kind of hard to argue otherwise, right? <laughs> yeah, I'd say so. I mean, Pat Mahomes, every year he started in the NFL, he's been at least the AFC Championship game. He's won a couple Super Bowls. He's lost another one where he had no offensive line. Like, I, I, don't, I don't know how anybody could argue against that right now. Um, but it, it, it's a snapshot of this season. Uh, so, uh, yeah. And I don't. I think last year was probably their worst roster of their Super Bowl teams. Now, healthier in the offensive line than their second Super Bowl. But right. they won without... I mean, look, they're handing the ball to a seventh-round draft pick rookie running back, and their wide receiving core had been decimated by injuries, and yet they just found a way because of Mahomes and Andy Reid. Yeah, Colin has talked a lot about some of the parallels you could see between what the Chiefs have right now and the Patriots' reign under Tom Brady and Bill Belichick. This being one of them that you clearly have, you know, the league's top or one of the top quarterbacks and the league's best head coach. I'd say the one big difference is obviously Andy Reid much closer to retirement than what Belichick was during their run in New England. Totally fair. Totally fair. Um, Well, there's lots of differences, right? Sure. Mahomes did get the big contract. Uh, We'll talk about this a little bit later in terms of contract. There's differences. Um, but also, uh, he, here's a here's a parallel. I mean, look at all the staff shuffling that they've each had to do because right. when you're successful, people want to hire your guys away. And we'll finish with this. One thing top draft picks, especially quarterbacks, face when they enter the NFL is high expectations. Colts drafted Anthony Richardson, fourth overall out of Florida. And when discussing those expectations with the local Fox affiliate, affiliate in Indy, he said this, I know they invested a lot in me. 
but I'm not the only person on this team. They invested a lot in other players and a lot on this staff. I know they're going to ride with me and I'm going to ride with them. I don't really see it as I'm the main guy because without the other pieces on the team, it's not going to work. Everybody wants me to come here and win a Super Bowl my first year. I wish I could, and I hope I can. Yeah, that's not going to happen. <laughs> yeah, but I, but, sure. but I, I mean, I like the answers. Yeah, I was, what, what are you what are you supposed to say? Yeah, that's exactly where I was headed. Is uh, the overall messaging and the answer is right? I would point out exactly what you just said. I don't think anyone is saying, you know, I think Anthony Richardson and the Colts are really in the Super Bowl mix, and that's where the standard that I'm holding them to. Completely agree. If there's somebody who's saying that, their last name is probably Richardson. That would be my guess. And Jim, not him. I'll say somebody, someone somebody. named Jim Ursay, maybe. I don't even think Ursay thinks that. Really? I think he thinks that's ultimately out there for them. I just don't think in year one, especially with the Jonathan Taylor situation. And that's right, music with the news. Well, that's the news. And thanks for stopping by. The Herd Lie News. Speaking of Jonathan Taylor, today is the day if you want to trade for Jonathan Taylor, or we're, so we're told by the Colts. What should happen? Be sure to catch live editions of The Herd weekdays at noon Eastern, 9 a.m. Pacific. What's good, y'all? It's your main man, Michael Smith, esteemed NFL analyst and certified fantasy football legend. Allow me to present to you your new favorite fantasy football podcast, The Dynasty Exchange, hosted by my first-round rookie picks, Davis, Dylan, and Josh, three guys who most definitely know their stuff. They're the co-commissioners of the coolest and most cutthroat dynasty league you'll ever come across, The Yacht Club. And now they're the co-hosts of the most elite. Now make that the definitive dynasty program in the game. It's dedicated to only the most devoted of diehards. The guys like me who can't stay off sleeper in KTC. And trust me, you won't regret making the choice to follow their dynasty advice. Listen to Michael Smith Presents The Dynasty Exchange on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. There are some things that are too good to keep a secret. Like how your Amex Platinum card helps you have the perfect trip. I'd like to check into the Centurion Lounge. Or how it seems like you always get those hard-to-snag tables. Ooh, yum. And how you get the most out of select can't-miss events. With access to the Centurion Lounge, Resi Priority Notified, and Amex card member benefits at select events, you'll have to share. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. Hi, it's the Herd. The NBA playoffs are heating up, and so is the action at DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NBA. Teams are knocking on the door of the conference finals, and DraftKings Sportsbook has you covered every step of the way with same-game parlays, live betting, odds boosts, and so much more. Don't miss out. As the NBA postseason winds down, it's fantastic. Super easy to get started with DraftKings. If you're a first-timer, really easy. Try betting on something like a team to win. Go to DraftKings Sportsbook's app, select your team, and place your first bet. It's that simple, really. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now. It's easy, 90 seconds. Use the code HERD, H-E-R-D. That's code HERD for new customers to get 150 in bonus bets when you bet just 5 bucks. Only on DraftKings, the crown is yours. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER or in West Virginia, visit www.1800gambler.net. In New York, call 877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY 467-369. In Connecticut, 
help is available for problem gambling, call 888-789-7777 or visit ccpg.org. Please play responsibly. On behalf of Boot Hill Casino and Resort in Kansas, 21 plus, age varies by jurisdiction, void in Ontario. Bonus bets expire 168 hours after issuance. See dkng.co slash bball for eligibility and deposit restrictions, terms, and responsible gaming resources. This episode brought to you by 20th Century Studios' Kingdom of the Planet of the Apes. Director Wes Ball breathes new life into the epic franchise set several generations after the last installment in which apes are the dominant species. As a ruthless king attempts to build his empire at the expense of the remaining human race, a young ape will fight for the future of apes and humans alike and embark on a journey that will redefine the planet. Kingdom of the Planet of the Apes. Enter the kingdom in IMAX, now playing and in theaters everywhere. Get tickets now. Doug Gottlieb in for Colin. This is The Herd, Fox Sports Radio, the iHeartRadio app. Welcome in on a Tuesday. At the end of your first year, Discover Credit Cards automatically double all the cash back you've earned. That's right, everything you've earned doubled. Seriously, see terms, check it out for yourself at discover.com slash match. I love this part of the song. So today, come with it now. Sorry. So, today is, we're told, D-Day for the Jonathan Taylor trade with the Colts, right? This is this is the moment. If you want to have Jonathan Taylor, you want to trade for him, they want, this is when they have to adjust their roster. It's cut down day in the NFL, so it's not just about theirs. It's just about their roster. It's about, hey, if they want to rebuild their running back room, this is how they do it. And there's lots of questions as to, what the Colts should do. And sometimes doing absolutely nothing is the right thing to do, right? I mean, if you think about it, and Ryan, didn't you tell me yesterday we had this discussion? They can still franchise tag um, the, they can still franchise tag, um, uh, was it Saquon Barkley, right? You said that's you can't correct. Franchise tag him. That's correct. Okay. They uh, And Jonathan Taylor, too, I believe. That's correct. Yeah, so, remember, he wasn't a first-round draft pick, so he doesn't have the fifth-year option. And you'll get people saying, well, you know, they don't want to pay Jonathan Taylor. That, that's not what they said. Okay? They don't want to trade Jonathan Taylor for nothing, and they want to re-sign Jonathan Taylor. They just want to re-sign him at the right rate. They want to get the right thing for him. Um, apparently, the Miami Dolphins are among two teams that have made had serious trade discussions. According to NFL insider Armando Salguero, Indianapolis Colts have already um, declined multiple offers for the star running back. And, and the question becomes, what should the Colts do? Right? What should they do? And the answer may be nothing. It may be playing hardball. This from The Athletic. Um, an agent NFL agent survey said Taylor is tremendous, but the Colts went 13, 20, and one in his two playoffless seasons. It's like when Branch Rickey told Hall of Famer Ralph Kiner in negotiations, "We finished last with you. We can do that without you." The Colts hold all the cards, all of them. They too can franchise tag him at the end of this season, which again will work out to ten million or ten million or so. Um, for a one-year guaranteed contract. You can do that for two years. You can even transition tag them in the third year. They, they, they are under no pressure 
to give him away for a bad deal. And oh yeah, by the way, their plan was, hey, we got Jonathan Taylor, we got we got, you know, we got Richardson. That's a dynamic duo. Why would we why would we just hand somebody else a star running back? And oh yeah, by the way, Taylor may come off some of his demands in terms of contracts because it's just not out there for him. 16 million a year of Christian McCaffrey money is just not out there for him. Also keep in mind he has a legit ankle injury. It's not like he's ready to go right away. So this is a little bit of game of chicken. It wouldn't surprise me at all, despite what Jim Irsay said. And that's basically what Jim Irsay said. was like, look, he's a very good player, but you know the league does, in fact, move on. Just didn't come out great. And we'll talk about Dalvin Cook and what he said about the Jets, but the, the truth is that Dalvin Cook is the perfect example. A more accomplished running back than Taylor. Granted, he's had uh, more injuries and more wear and tear, but completely flip-free and clear. There was no trade needed to acquire him, and, you know, he got in the $8 million after the potential incentives and earmarks that he can, you know, it's probably $7 million guaranteed, if that. If that, I just, it's going to be fascinating to see what the Colts do because they don't have to do anything. And if we look at so many of the trade demands or contract demands of the past, heck, we even talked about the Arizona Cardinals. Cardinals got themselves in trouble, not giving Kyler Murray a contract extension, but why after his third year? Remember, quarterbacks, first, he's the number one overall pick, got a bunch of money up front. His fifth year option would have been big. Then they could have franchise tagged him for two years. You have a guy, minimum, if you want, with no negotiations, seven-year deal. For Jonathan Taylor, no negotiation, six-year. Could do seven-year as well, be substantially more punitive the longer he goes on transition tag. Don't have to do anything at all. It's like, well, trade him away to football Siberia. Or don't trade him. Call his bluff. Make him sit. It might not be the best option, but it's definitely an option. And you'd be surprised at how quickly guys want to play football and maybe want to put themselves out there to earn that next big contract with with the Colts or with somebody else upcoming next year. All right, coming up next, speaking of Dalvin Cook and the Jets, they've been the most discussed team this offseason. Are they worthy of that discussion? Let's get into it next. I'm Doug Gottlieb. This is The Herd. Hi, let's talk about Pro Plan Sport. Pro Plan Sport is advanced nutrition made to fuel strength and stamina in active dogs like yours. So wherever your next journey together takes you, start it off right with the high-performance fuel your dog needs to keep pushing you every step of the way. Pro Plan Sport. Learn more at ProPlansport.com. This festival and concert season will be all about the boots, and Decovis is your stop before attending your next concert. All Decovis boots are made by hand in a time-honored tradition with timeless styles that are always on trend. And Decovis has first wear comfort with little to no break-in period. Stop by your local Decovis store, have a complimentary drink, and shop new styles. I love it. If you can't make it to a store, just visit Decovis.com. Stores are great. But it's T-E-C-O-V-A-S dot com and find your new favorite pair of boots today. Getting ready to take on spring? 
Make your first move with the reliable performance and power of steel battery tools. From hedge trimmers and mowers to string trimmers and more, right now you can save $50 on select battery tool sets. Real steel. Offer valid on select AK system sets through June 16, 2024. See participating retailer for details.